six bitches wanted. <laughs> you have no idea how long I've been waiting <laughs> to say that. I've been waiting to record this episode to just, I'm going to name it the episode. Uh, this is going to be the title. Basics Bitches Wanted. Welcome back to Star Trek Generations. I am your host, Jack Tracy, where I am going through seasons one through three of Voyager, figuring out what to judge, what I would have fixed, modified in order to really make Voyager, um, especially in the early seasons, uh, find itself much earlier. And, and However, you know, as I said on the last episode, I do think season two is extremely strong as sort of a Star Trek series. The issue, of course, is that any one of these episodes could have been told on The Next Generation. There are not a lot of episodes that... Um, especially in this time, that are just, like, Voyager-specific and about its specific circumstances, unless it's, like, Seska and that kind of stuff. Which is what we're here to talk about, because not only is this the Basics Parts 1 and 2 um, episode, but it's also the episode where I talk about all the unexplored potential of the incredible Seska. Um, before we get into basics, of course, have to promote the Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, where you can join a very affordable membership tier to help me produce this podcast that you are listening to and enjoying, and give you some exclusive early content. We will be doing a live watch party, so long as I can get my <laughs> Patreons to respond uh, for Star Trek Insurrection. I want to hold this for you. I don't see a point in doing it if we don't have uh, people confirming their attendance because that's the whole point. We want you to be here so that we can make fun of and, and talk some shit about Star Trek Insurrection uh, together. So um, make sure you join the Patreon for any of the membership tiers, and then we can schedule the Star Trek Zhuzhurations live zhuzh. You can, of course, also get merch at the link in the Instagram bio. And, of course, you have to be following me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H. On to basics. I love basics. I love basics part one and two. I think it is a great two-parter. I think it's a great season finale cliffhanger. I think it's a great season opener. I would say part two is actually stronger than part one. Uh, with a couple exceptions. To me, the best part of the whole thing, other than the beloved Seska and her return, is Lon Suter. Lon Suter's incredible actor, interesting character and storyline not seen before on Star Trek, as re not rewarding in terms of I wanted it, but as... as, as the gut punch, the heartfelt resolution of his story with him doing one final act to help before dying was so satisfying. And this episode is, sorry, my dog is like freaking the fuck out. You're hearing this bell because he's like pacing back and forth. We went out on a walk. I don't know. He's excited about Seska's return as I am, but sorry, it's going to be lots of jingles in the background. Um, I, it, the Lon Suter, it just, it elevates the episode to give it real heart. It's not just an action adventure that's cool. It's not just the return of secondary characters we like. It is meaningful. Like, I'm, it's a real gut punch when he dies. 
And the fact that they set it and they set it up so beautifully that the, the, the beginning of the two-parter, he wants to be helpful. He wants to do something for the ship. The fact that he kind of freaks Janeway out and it doesn't really go there. And then he's given the opportunity and he does it. And the fact that he is forced to kill when the Kazon control a ship and what it is physically doing to him and the doctor trying to console him. It's just beautiful. That whole story arc is excellent. I don't know if people want awards for this, but um, I forget the actor's name. I think something Dorf? Something. Uh, um, the actor who played Lon Suter deserved an award. He was just incredible. It was great. The writing was great. Great, 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 great. Of course, The Return of Seska is amazing. Love her. Um here are my issues with basics that if I were to let's make basics let's let's de-basic let's remove whatever is basic about basics um, <laughs> I gotta give up this pun um, basic suffers from if it suffers at all which I, I mean I would normally not judge this I'm only talking about it so I have a I can also talk about Seska but um the storyline on the planet, feels redundant in ways and um, it is not as interesting as the story on the ship. I feel like when you watch Basics Part 2, you just want to get back to the ship. You just want to get back to Lon and the Doctor and Seska and Kulla, like and Paris. That's where you want to be and you sort of like watch your like um, um, look at... <laughs> keeping an eye on the watch when we're on the planet, like, okay, when are we... Now, it is interesting of the... the we're taking Cass. Here, have one of our ladies, like, tribal, you know, human trafficking. Um, that was interesting. Just the idea of there being this primitive culture, um, you know, the tribal culture on the planet and having to deal with them, monster in the cave. I don't know. I just... It didn't feel very original. It didn't. It didn't find it very interesting. I did love the Janeway speech about eat these fucking bugs. <laughs> you, I slaved all day in this cave to make these bugs, and you ungrateful sons of bitches are gonna eat them. You eat these bugs. <laughs> I loved that. I hate that we got rid of Hogan. I liked Hogan, but I, you know, it's I. And the thing is, it was kind of unnecessary. Yes, it was good to show a, a death, but it was kind of unnecessary because in comparison to Lon's death, this felt very minor. Like, I get it, they did it. You take a beloved, you take a character that's reappeared, so it has more, you know, weight. You obviously can't kill one of the main cast members, even if we wanted to, Neelix. Um... You can't kill one of the main cast members, so you so you do the secondary character. But when viewed as a whole, in comparison to Lon's death, it's really kind of a throwaway. I kind of even forgot that that happened. And I get that it's also meant to show that the planet is dangerous. But on a show like this, where you know main characters are not going to be hurt, do you really need it? Do you really need it? Um, so Monster on the Planet, Tribal Planet... I like the idea of them having to survive, but I wanted kind of a different story there. Maybe like a 
like a testing, you know, maybe they don't find food and water. Maybe things get real dire and you have like tough choices and like, like instead of someone getting eaten by a monster, like someone starving to death, like something, something really great, you know, that could have been more interesting and more impactful where I'm not just constantly waiting to get back on to watch the Voyager plotline. Um, the baby in danger, I think is good because the baby could die. You don't know, you know, that could be something that happens. So that does add weight to it. Um, that, that, um, uh, Naomi Wildman is, is the baby's not doing well. And the fact that the tribal, you know, people are able to help her, like, it's all very nice, but it feels... Like, I've seen this before. It feels, I don't know. So I would change, I would do something on the planet to make it more compelling so that I wasn't waiting to get back to Seska. And overall, and I, I've mentioned this because it's not specific to this episode. It's just specific to the overall arc of Seska and the Kazon. What is Seska's plan? other than obtain Federation technology for the Kazon and, like, unite the sects. Like, is her plan... Does she want to get home? Has she given up that they're not going to get back to the Alpha Quadrant and thus, instead, what she's going to do is become supreme leader of the Kazon? Um, I assume she doesn't love Kala, so it's not that. They never give her a clear intention of what she wants. Um, maybe there's something about... I, I'm trying to remember. Maybe there's something about how, like, look, we're not getting back and the, the Kazon are strong and, you know, I'd be safe with the Kazon in a way that I think Voyager's going to end up blowing itself up by going on all these stupid missions. I don't know. It just needed... Seska needed a much stronger and clearly stated motive as to her because she ventures into the realm of sort of mustache twirling villain of just like i'm just here to fuck things up because i don't like you um gets near i mean obviously she's trying to take the technology but it starts to get near that point um the other thing is with seska is mentioned it before but sort of the Chicote is still your DNA and I made a baby and it's our baby, the baby I always wanted. And like that sort of man crazy Chicote obsessed fatal attraction, you know, DNA stealing. And honestly, Chicote's like um spirit journey where it's you know, Dad, this baby was conceived against my will. Let me tell you, in in Watching it now in this political environment and the conversations we're having about not only consent but abortion, making Chakotay kind of the, this baby was conceived without my consent and the lesson being, but it's still your baby, so you should, you know. It kind of, it, 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 could be construed as a woman who 
either who I shouldn't say woman a a person uh, capable of of uh, I don't know what I want to say I want to be I'm just gonna you know what I mean women are uh, you know what I mean I'm trying to be politically correct but I don't have the word uh, so I'm sure someone will tell me someone who is pregnant against either without without intending it or at worst without their consent or, you know a child of sexual assault something like that it almost tells the lesson of like now don't get an abortion because it's still your baby even though the circumstances weren't great it's you know you should and it there's kind of an ick factor to it I don't think it's necessary. I certainly don't think that's the message that's being conveyed, like a general societal message. I don't think this is Star Trek taking a stance. But it's like one of those things, honestly, you know, with uh, Up the Long Ladder, which uh, we did in season one, the unintentional impact on the abortion rights, you know, with killing the clones. It's kind of there. So... I don't know. No, it is about, it's not about the existence of the child. It's about bonding to the child, you know, whether to have a part in its life or not. But I don't know. I still felt a bit of it. And maybe it's just because of being hypersensitive because of what's happening in politics right now and the overturn of Roe in the U.S. and all of that. Maybe that made me extra sensitive to it. But I don't know. There was a little bit of a cringe factor with that. So I love in the, in part one with the Kazon blowing himself up on the suicide mission from Seska to blow himself up in the right place so that it could take out the systems that she needed, like her having intimate knowledge of the ship and be, that's all great, well plotted, well, a complicated but interesting turns and reversals and all of that. Chakotay not being an idiot because he never quite trusts the Kazon, that's good. Um, yeah, so those are my tiny, tiny, tiny little gripes with this two-parter. Oh, oh, but of course. My biggest issue of all, the death of Seska. You knew it was coming. You knew. You knew Seska was going to live. Because I want more Martha Hackett. I want more. She's great. The character's great. It's a good foil. She's... She could have been up there with Kaiwin Goldicott as love to hate her. More, 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 more. There was so much more to do with her. Maybe her schedule didn't allow. Um, I get the feeling I didn't look into it, but I got the feeling the actress was actually pregnant. It didn't seem like a fake. Especially with, you can always you can always tell from clothing choices. It felt like the clothing choices were intentional. And especially because when you see her in the same outfit in season seven in Shattered and how different she looks in it. Now, obviously years had passed. I don't know. It made me think Martha Hackett was actually pregnant, but maybe not. I don't know. It just, that, I don't know. May, yeah, maybe she needed to take a break from the, you know, I don't know. I really wanted her back. And, I'm, and in the episodes where we do get her back, uh, Worst Case Scenario and Shattered, are great episodes, which just shows you having Seska in an episode is gold. Um, so how would I judge this? So I talked a little about, let's talk about the episode, and let's talk about 
Seska continuing through the series. So I would I would make the planet more interesting. I already talked about that. Don't need to go back over that. But you make the planet more interesting, not being able to survive, dying of starvation. Maybe have them be alone. Like don't have another um, – if you have a monster or some sort of like braving the elements thing, just have it be, you know, less like that they can't, they don't have what they need to defend themselves from it. Having to deal with that, more about having to deal without, you know, the comforts of Federation technology and this and that. Because the, those pieces, the fine water, you're, you're on a mission to do this, make weapons, um, eat bugs, like all of that was the best part of the planet so maybe more on that someone being critically injured i think that happened um that's happened with dax on deep space nine before arsenal of freedom or beverly breaks her leg and is bleeding out you've got those are always good things maybe someone like critically injured by the alien even though you know a main cast member is not going to die at least we're dealing with an ongoing threat to someone we like rather than a quick death of Hogan. Um, but, you know, we do get it with, with the baby, but more that, more that. Um, and, you know, clarifying Seska's intentions. But honestly, other than that, it's a great episode. Unfortunately, and I think we'll come across this, as far as I remember from the rewatch, season three starts to take a turn and becomes... Without this overall, when the since the Kazon story arc is closed, until we get to the Borg, we've got a whole season where it doesn't really have a through line. Or it's like sort of a bit lost, I think. But we'll get to those episodes starting next week. So let's talk about what happens if Seska doesn't so here's how I think it happens. I think the episode plays out exactly as it did. Tom, Lon, Doctor, all of that. Lon dies, all of that. Seska is injured or is in the same scene because that scene of her going for the baby is, is also very impactful and very sad, um, even though she's evil. But she's, does, she's not dead. She collapses exactly as she did. Color comes in sees that she's alive. But, and maybe she she either says something to him, um, but she's weak, and he takes the baby and leaves her. Maybe, or, and or, one of the Kazan officers comes in about needing to evacuate and calls for like people to come to help take Seska, and he tells them she's more trouble than she's worth. Leave her. Takes the baby and goes. Now instead of Seska in the morgue, Seska in the brig. And now through season three, we can have sprinkled throughout the episodes obviously not a part of every episode not joining the cast but what do we do 
with this long-term prisoner who is crafty and is probably going to be a huge pain in the ass for us going forward. It's worse than Lon. This is someone who's going to be constantly looking for the opportunity to get out. Not, of course, knowing that you're going to have Seven in that whole arc coming of, like, rehabilitating Seven. With, with hindsight, it could have been a good pairing of Seska to Janeway in her attempts at rehabilitation, which fail. Which makes her taking the same tack with Seven a bit more complicated and... But that, I mean, that story arc is great. But, you know, looking back, that could have been interesting. I think with that, we then get, you know, her having to face Chakotay, her having to face Balana, um, getting more information on her history when she got into um, the Maquis, how she fooled Chakotay, whether she really does, you know, have feelings for Chakotay, all of that, and her stewing over the child. I think in the first episode of this, um, she's very haughty about how Kala will come back for her and, and you know, Voyager will be destroyed, blah, 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 you know, evil villain stuff. And they play for her the security footage inside the ready room of her leaving, of him leaving her. And she, you know, you doctored this and, you know, only one of us in this room is a liar, is a, is a known liar. And... She has to sort of sit with that. Um, maybe she continues to keep the lie going for a bit that it is Chakotay's and tries to use that. We should get a shuttle together and we can go get the baby. And then the doctor, who knows, like reveals like, no, it's not yours. You know, like um, lots of interesting stuff there. It also sets her up with Lon dying and being the prisoner now she's the new prisoner, and it's sort of an inverse because Lon wanted to be useful and helpful, and we had a rehabilitation arc. She didn't want to be helpful at all. Fuck these people. She's just waiting to find her opportunity to escape. She's waiting to be rescued. She's not interested, and you can't trust anything if you give her anything to do. You can't trust it. There can be a whole decision of, like, look, we can't keep her in the brig forever, you know, cruel and unusual punishment, you know, like we got to lock her in a quarters, but we got to take everything out of the quarters that she could possibly use. You know, we've got to like, you know, she's too crafty, you know, like she will be a problem. She's more problem than she's worth, you know, lots of interesting stuff there about what they're going to do with her. There can be, you know, an episode where she is afforded the opportunity to escape. And you have that whole thing. And it's maybe they would be inclined to let her go because just screw it again, more trouble. But she has taken something or she has done something that they have to go get her back. Um, an episode where they need her and they have to sort of appeal to her to cooperate with them in some way. She has some special knowledge needed. She has some something that, that the crew needs in their mission and they have to find a way to get her to cooperate. And it's maybe through some deception because they know she's going to deceive them, but they're two steps ahead. And, you know, that's a great episode. Um, 
I think it also gives... So one of the things, and we're not going to get to it because we're not going to do this episode, but one of the things about Scorpion I find interesting is this the first time Janeway, I think, makes a really risky um, um, dangerous decision without, you know, consulting Chakotay, which that kind of becomes, that could be kind of, you know, that reappears throughout the rest of the show. The, like, when she, you know, if Janeway has a fatal flaw, like, her biggest flaw is when she takes matters into her own hands and decides she has to do it all herself and she knows the risk and it's too risky, but she's going to do it anyway. Like when she gets headstrong, that, you know, comes into play and sometimes it's rewarded and sometimes it's not. Actually, I think more times than not, we, we like to say that Janeway was right the whole time, but I think it would have been interesting if there were times where she was wrong. Um, so that becomes like a thing. But So because of that, because it's the first real time, I think... Seska is the one that tells her to make a deal with the Borg. Not the idea from Da Vinci. Because that's something Seska would do. Of course she did. She made a deal with the Kazon. Like, and then that throws into her argument with Chakotay. Like, you know, I can't understand why you're doing this. You know, actually the idea came from Seska. You're listening to Seska. You know, that could have been... Scorpion's great, don't change it. But if you still have Seska around, I think that could be a nice addition. So she sticks around through season three and helps stitch a story arc through season three. Um, Seven of Nine comes aboard, and, and we'll have a future discussion about what if Kess remained. But keep the rest of the show as it is. Um, I think at some point, she does leave. And she makes a decision, basically... She wants to go back and try to rescue her baby. She's not going to cause him trouble. She's not. That's all she wants. It's, she's been stewing and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And that's all she wants. And they they believe her. Um, and in some episode where, again, she double crosses deceives something or they think she is and maybe she isn't. And at the end of it, she either steals a shuttlecraft or steals an alien ship or does something where she's like, or just goes to a freighter and is like, I'm making my way back and I'm going to get my child. And they let her go because it's like, what's the other option? We just leave her locked up in a room for the rest of the journey where she will <laughs> try to escape every chance she gets, you know? So then you still get your worst case scenarios. And it'd be cool if worst case scenario happened while Seska Seska was on real time. Seska was on the ship and she's like, I ain't helping you. <laughs> have fun um, um, and then you get you still can have Shattered later where you know they're going back in time to the basics episode you can still have that um, but what you add is so she leaves in four you know to make room for the, the seven of nine stories if she leaves in season four I think she comes back I think it was six in season six and fury is her episode. Cause I don't like that. They made Cass a villain 
And, you know, that they pretty much just were like, yeah, after she left, she had this horrible, terrible life. She came back and tried to kill everyone, and now she's just going back home. You know, it was a really disappointing end for Cass, for a character. Like, they really were just like, fuck this character. So instead, Seska did make it back to Kazon space, and the kid was not accepted by Kazon society because he was part you know, he was not a pure blood Kazon or whatever, and it was ex- executed, or like sentenced to some mine or some some like Remen storyline where it's you know second class and like dies in a whatever. And Fury is Seska returning to as a last revenge attempt against Voyager because she holds them responsible for keeping her for so long. She could have. If they would have let her go at the beginning, at the end of Basics, instead of keeping her in the brig and deciding what they wanted to do with her for a whole year, that might not have happened. And Fury is her episode coming back and causing trouble. Maybe she's come across something that helps her do some time travel, and she goes back to help herself out in the Basics episode. You know, like, same same general concepts of Fury, but make it Seska's episode. Right? So that's that's my zhuzh of basics, which is less of a zhuzh of basics because I think it's a great two-parter and more of a keep Seska around and create this new thread through season three with her before we let her go and come back, not only for Worst Case Scenario and Shattered, but another, one more. If not more, more Seska. More Seska and fixing the whole baby thing and giving her a real reason because I mean keep the baby but but don't make her man crazy man crazy self impregnaty you know that's I think I said in an earlier episode make it that her and Chakotay slept together at some point during before she was revealed while she was on Voyager and oopsie daisy I'm pregnant so that's that's my judge. Tell me what you think of it on Instagram at Instagram.com. Instagram.com. I keep doing that. Instagram.com. None of you are going to the Instagram website. You have an app. Open up your Instagram app and follow Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H. Join the Patreon so you can listen to this episode early. See video versions of episodes, which I'm saying right now as I realize I did not video record this episode. I'll give them something else. And, um, yeah, I will see you next week where we start season three until then <laughs>